0: Hey everyone, it's Travis here. I wanted to say thank you for your continued support and kind words. We're in the process of bringing our first season to its conclusion, and we could not be more grateful for the fan art, the kind acknowledgements, and the community that we've built over the course of our story. Uh, We still have a couple episodes to go, though, so don't get too worried. If you're interested in joining our online community, you can find us and talk with other fans at The Reckless Play Guild or Fool and Scholar Productions Facebook groups, or on the Dark Dice subreddit, which is new, or on Twitter. We also know that three weeks is a long gap between episodes and wanted to share a podcast we enjoy called The League of Ultimate Questing. It's a comedy where questing is a major league sport. It's high fantasy, high production quality, great improv, and one-hour episodes. It's very fast-paced, and they're uh, one of the first podcasts to split my sides in quite a while. I really do enjoy the show. They even have fake sponsors for some of their teams, like this one.
1: My name is Talcadar. I'm the Party Barbarian. We've been adventuring for a long time, and sometimes I can't keep my rage up as long as I used to. I was diagnosed with a rage-tile dysfunction. It affects 2 out of 5 barbarians my age. That's when I discovered Viagro. Longer, more satisfying rage is for me and my opponent. I'm always ready when my friends need me to bring the fury.
2: Ask your party cleric if Viagro is right for you. Contact an apothecary for any rages lasting more than four hours. We keep you raging hard on the battlefield.
1: Viagro,
0: my anger will not
1: be silenced.
0: So check out the League of Ultimate Questing however you listen to podcasts. And also, we are gearing up for a major event in June for Pride Month. We can't share all of the details with you just yet, but we can say that it's a fundraiser for an amazing charity, we're excited to announce that shortly, uh, that we're collaborating with DMs, GMs, voice actors, and artists from around the world, and that there will be a number of fun interactive events happening throughout the month, in addition to a special bonus episode. So get ready for June. You can follow us on social media for updates, otherwise we'll have more information for you with the release of episode 13, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Are you ready? Do you seek him? You have found yourself among those who roll the dark dice. What you are about to hear happened long ago, a story brought back from the edge of oblivion, dutifully transcribed, and enhanced orally to better captivate your attention. Previously, the team set off for Milmeter's Hope to find the town's missing children. Instead, something else found them. Now within the roaming forest, can they endure the trials to come? Will the team's resolve hold up? Will odds roll in their favor? Fear the strangers in your midst. Never play games of fate. Dark god. Welcome, Dark god. to the domain of the nameless god, Dark Dice, Dark god. Chapter 12, Worse. Rowena, having put Father Westpike to sleep, was determined to see out the remainder of her watch alone. But as the minutes slowly rolled by, and the fireflies, many of which she noted to actually be glowing butterflies, lazily waxed and waned in the din, she required a constitution saving throw to remain awake.
3: Oh no, come on, man.
0: You're doing fine.
3: Don't give this to me. (laughs) Nineteen. I said I was going to stay awake. I'm doing it, man.
0: Yeah, you're fine. (sighs) Rowena was able to overcome the blissful call of Nis and remain vigilant during her shift.
3: I managed to make it through a singular night. Woo-hoo!
0: <laughs> a singular shift, but a restful one. At least so far as Rowena was concerned. But a few paces over, Soren's dreams were less than relaxing. A little more violent than in previous nights, Soren experienced a sort of deja vu of memories that he couldn't entirely recognize to be his own. It started normally. Soren saw his hands cutting up the rabbit caught just a few days prior, fingers going through a series of quick, clean motions, but suddenly the rabbit was gone, and in its place the misshapen body of the creature he now recognized to be Polo. Soren witnessed himself carve more and more into the gnome's legs, chewing the raw strips of pale flesh as the creature struggled against the rope he'd been suspended by, unable to rasp out a screen. Soren, with all the skill of a seasoned hunter, pulled out his favorite dagger and carved a particularly deep strip off the gnome's leg using faint words and draconic to summon a power that now seemed foreign, healing magics to keep the disgusting little gnome conscious until Soren had his fill. The panicked, rasping breaths continued over an hour while he worked, both legs removed, both arms broken in multiple places, the smaller eye plucked from its misshapen socket. Sorin attached a note written on the flesh of the gnome's own skin to a different dagger in his possession, and stabbed it deep into the gnome's chest. Sorin smiled knowing that the blade was cursed, knowing this place was cursed, and that Polo would never truly find peace so long as the dagger remained firmly in his chest. Then Soren walked away and began to dream of nothingness. Now, on watch, our dear friend Rowena moved to wake someone up. But who?
3: Phlegia, wake up. It's time for us to share a watch.
4: Already? (sighs)
3: okay, fine.
0: And what did the Woman of the Wilds and the Pale Bar do during their watch together?
3: I think at the end of the conversation we had, I was writing in a journal, so I'd probably be finishing that out and then just sitting, looking around, keeping on Flagea, shooting glances across to Sauron where he's sleeping, just keeping an eye on both of them and just kind of had to... generally staying looking around. I'm too wrought to properly want to be sleeping, so...
4: I'm eating my rations, but slowly to try and keep myself awake.
0: With her passive perception score, Philgear remembered that she hadn't seen Rowena eat anything since the death of Sister Cavern's fall.
3: Here, Rowena. Why don't you eat something? I'm fine. You need to eat. Yeah, I've already eaten I ate earlier. I mean, Cynthia and I shared something earlier, so I'm good.
0: Rowena needed to roll a deception check.
3: Twenty-three.
0: That's believable. Filgia, if she had reason to suspect that Rowena might be lying, could try to, if she wanted to. Try to call her bluff by rolling a twenty-sided dice, and rolling an insight check.
3: The question is, if Filgia even has a reason to suspect that I might be lying.
0: She didn't have to. This was just a rare moment where I was trying to force you guys to be nice, but you can totally (coughs) ignore me.
4: Twenty-two. I've not seen you eating, so maybe... Yeah, because you're asleep. I was going to say that you could share a second meal with me. I'll be fine. I was hoping to share a story over a meal. Don't you think you deserve at least a small snack?
3: Yeah, but we've got a long trip back and we really need to ration our stuff. I don't need so much.
4: And sharing is a sign of friendship in Dwarven culture, isn't it? Think of it as a team-building exercise.
3: No, it's alright. You, um... Carry on. Um, We just need to be more careful with how much we eat. I'm just thinking about it and all the little ones coming back too. We're going to have to start being really careful about it. Can I be frank? The boldest task
4: still lies ahead. You will need to be at your height. You will need your energy. Yeah,
3: but I'm young and stupid and I've got... Exactly. You're young. You're still growing. You know, I can do years in this. You're so small. I'm a dwarf. Of course I'm small.
4: Look, I'll eat something... You can have some of my porridge. I already cooked it and I have too
3: much. No, 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 no. You, you have it. I'll eat tomorrow. Um, so we just got to be careful. You you eat that, I'll eat tomorrow. I'm fine. I already ate more than my fill. It would go to... you need
4: to keep your strength up too. Uh, let's try that team building angle again. <laughs> and also, how about some lady bonding time? Hmm? We could share some horrible things we've been thinking about, but not saying in regards to our travelling companions. Hmm?
3: What do you think? Thank you for the offer, but uh, maybe, maybe share some it tomorrow. But I'm good, we can, we can shit talk the others. I mean, bond, then. <sighs> right, right. Okay, then. Not like my food was prepared specifically for this sort of situation to be shared or anything. I'm gonna keep looking around for trouble, watching our party and the woods as well. Um, also, as far as Rowena's is concerned, Filgia may be evil. <laughs> I don't trust her, so I'm definitely not eating her food.
0: Filgia continued to pick away at her porridge while writing in her journal sighing audibly between concerned glances at Rowena.
3: I'm ignoring her.
0: Filgia and Rowena both required wisdom saving throws.
3: One. That's not good. Uh, twenty-two.
0: Filgia finished her meal, and over the next half hour she seemed to get a stomach ache, possibly from overeating, which caused her to chew on various herbs in her possession. This seemed normal, but then Filgia noticed something off in the distance. The glow of bright lights in the woods that almost seemed to dance flickering out through the trees at a great distance hypnotically, almost seeming to invite her.
3: I kick Sindri awake. No, no, yes, I'm awake.
0: What? The lights hid behind the trees by the time Father Sindri Westpike came to his proper senses. What is it, Rowena?
3: The is acting a bit weird.
0: More of the same, or just more? Weird.
3: I, I don't know. I, I'm not trusting anything right now, so I'd rather have backup than none. Oh, what kind
1: of shoes are you wearing? Oh.
3: you know, like blue hip high boots, something like that.
1: All right. Um, is it my turn to take watch again?
3: No, just a. She started acting weird, and I thought I'd rather have backup than not. You know what? I'll go go back to sleep. I'll I'll get Is up. She seems to be all right now.
1: All right. Uh, don't hesitate waking me up gently next time.
3: Well, I was scared.
1: Uh, I understand. You made the right decision. Now, good night, or
3: whatever time it actually is.
0: Philgia went to sleep after the watch ended. Did Rowena do so as well?
3: Oh no, I'm waking up eyes. Um... You're
0: powering through this. Okay, I almost caught you on a technicality. Oh my god. Rowena had to make a constitution saving throw to avoid fatigue because it had officially been over 24 hours. You can't hear it, but I'm silently shooting streamers and party horns in this end. Sweet. Eight. Oh, eight. Fatigue can be particularly crippling, but given the lack of food and the lulling effects the forest itself seemed to have on her, Rowena gained a level of exhaustion, giving her disadvantage on ability checks. There are six levels of exhaustion, each worse than the last. The sixth and final level is death.
3: That's um. That's that's not good.
0: Rowena moved to wake up Aias, gradually beginning to crash, feeling the physical weight of her last day, the pain in her stomach from lack of food, and the emotional turmoil from the stress of the past week. She clearly looked unwell, even to Ias as he was gently shoved awake.
5: It's time already. Yep. You look like hell. Anything happen while I was asleep? No. Dice?
3: Sure, but we're not bitten anything this time.
5: Uh, we can play for rations.
3: Sure. I'm going to let him win?
0: Ias pulled out a few slices of stale bread and took a bite of the first, while setting up impromptu marks in the dirt for their game. Ias passed his constitution saving throw to remain awake and silently kissed his lucky die for fortune. Just beyond the shadow of their game, the dear father Sindri Westpike was dreaming of his long-lost wife, Pia. Her pale skin visible as she diligently worked in their family's forge. But Pia looked different, her features worn and tired. Scars lining her bare arms and face, and her stomach clearly many months with child. Her body language and the condition of the Forge told a story of difficult times. But time, it seemed, was passing in reverse. And very quickly, and a few hours earlier before she could arrive at the Forge, a familiar elven figure with bright green eyes began to set a trap within the room. Sindri could not make out the specifics of the trap, but in a blink he was back with Pia in the present. He called out to her, catching her attention just in time as the cruel machination was sprung, exploding in a thunder of smoke and flame. Tears welled in Sindri's eyes as the room collapsed inward, crushing his wife and Forge alike under the weight of so many ancient stones. Time sped up, and his two children were delivered to the Core a few days later, Sindri Westpike could overhear their whispered boasts of total council control from the Hold and that his orphaned, bastard children would be raised properly. The dreams were less vivid beyond this point, but he could see the light of Palo slowly vanish from the hearts of his son and daughter as they grew up. The songs of love and kindness leaving their ears, their faces, as they grew up only knowing work and hardship. A voice spoke directly to Sindri. It was his own.
1: You were such a fool to take the counsel on their word.
0: Back on watch, Rowena was down three slices to Ias already, and it became clear to him that she wasn't focused, beyond exhausted. And worse yet, she didn't seem to notice or care that she was losing. This somehow bothered Aias and he furred his brow, not sure if he was more frustrated than himself for caring for her, or not pressing harder to win more food while he had the opportunity.
5: You know, maybe we should stop playing dice after this round. I really hate to say this, but... Maybe you should just keep your eyes focused on the others, okay? You watch them and I'll just keep an eye out for anything coming from the forest.
4: Sure. Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll
0: watch them sleep.
5: Okay. You got your your eyes on the prize? Cool. Cool. Yeah, well, I've had six or eight hours of sleep, so I'm all good. Nothing will get past these eyes. Complete with dark vision. Not that it matters, because it's some sort of eternal twilight here.
0: This would be the end of the watch. All that stood between the party and a full rest would be a single roll. Aias Innskeep needed to make a wisdom-saving throw.
5: Oh, another one of these. Last time I did one of those, I got teleported back to that fucking tree. Oh, sorry, dice fell under the table. One sec. Um... Four.
0: Ias rolled his lucky die, practicing the roll, making sure that it was balanced properly, synchronized with his ring. But much like his real-life counterpart just now, the dice fell a bit too far. As the die roll under where Filgia's face lie, Ayas slowly, cautiously approached, reaching down toward the die when her eyes opened. And suddenly, Ias was no longer standing, and it was clear that some time had passed. Oh, fuck. Ias was now on his back, being dragged, and as he moved his head around, he was unable to see anyone else in the camp, save for the one dragging him. Filgia, who was laughing to herself. <coughs> that was her cute.
4: <laughs>
0: who was nope. laughing to herself as she realized I had awoken.
4: The half-wick na? to mute. Da half me, you lieb a
0: Seizing the initiative, Philgia pulled out a dagger, and still chanting, she turned to stab at him, quickly toward his chest, his heart, but missing as Ayas' arms flailed defensively. Frustrated by the lack of a quick kill, Philgia redirected her second attack, slashing Ayas' right arm for eight damage before he could effectively run. Oh, I'll take you. you. Aeas eyes lit up. And flames erupted from his wounds, engulfing Philgia for eleven damage as she failed to dodge out of the way. She looked thinner than he'd remembered and the hair began to sprout from her face, which began to sink inward around the
5: eyes. Oh, I've had enough of
0: being beaten up by... Ayas <coughs> pulled his pitted rapier, stabbing upward as his tail and free arm pushed him to his feet.
5: Sixteen to hit, plus a bunch. Nine damage.
0: Ias caught Filgia in the shoulder as the edges of her mouth stretched beyond the sides of her jaw before extending into a large wolf-like maw filled with canine teeth. Philgia, her shape still somewhere between a mangle of foam and teeth, slashed out at Aes. He defensively blocked it with his rapier. The motion left an opening, which Filgia exploited to bite deeply into Alice's shoulder for 15 damage, ripping flesh and audibly catching bone, nearly causing him to pass out.
5: Die, wolf
0: bitch! With the roll of a 21, Ayas had strength enough for one final slash with his mangled arm, the tip of the blade catching Filchia in the throat, piercing it with not enough strength to finish the job. Filchia hissed and shrieked, her form shifting again. The three hollow sockets become visible. It was a lucky hit, but it was just enough to cause pause to the monster. Now in its natural habitat, the Silent One pulled away from Ayas, grabbing at its throat. From the fur rapidly fading into its back formed a familiar cloak which seemed to engulf the silent one, pulling it into the very shadows beneath it, cast there by nearby trees. And suddenly, it was still. Ayas dropped to one knee, pulled his dagger with his good arm, and waited for the creature to return again, trying to hold back the increasing flow of blood from his shoulder wound. Eyes darting in every direction, they came across the body of Phylgia, presumably the real Phylgia, mutilated, cut, burned face down in the dirt. Aeas waited as long as he could before he finally dropped his guard, put away his dagger, and pulled out the closest thing he had to medical tools. Far away from lonely Aias, Soren Arkwright and Father Sindri Westpike found themselves lost deep in the woods, somewhere beyond the view of the path, near the ruins of an ancient village. The smells of burnt wood, urine, vomit, and overcooked meat all accented strongly against the rot seemed to remain with them for the past week piles of ash and rubble littered the floor and while they were not sure how they got there the bigger question became who was in their presence
1: father westpike where are we yeah where's rowena i look around for my hammer
0: father westpike noted that he had all of his equipment
1: you don't know this place orin
2: i don't believe so it looks kind of like the whatever that was village we passed
0: before we made it to this forest a figure ahead dwarven yet tall with long braided hair and pale skin, stood in stark contrast to the stone and ash, requiring Father Westpike and Soren to make a sanity saving throw. Hello? As Father Westpike failed, Soren's resolve held. Oh! Father Westpike's senses began to betray him. He felt an innate wrongness about this place. His breathing quickened, his pulse raced. To him, the figure ahead wore a strong resemblance to Rowena, yet he felt like it could not possibly be her. It was visually similar, yes, but clearly older more worn. Her clothing reflected none of the Cordellum heraldry, her equipment alien and clearly marked with forbidden cursed runes. At her feet were the corpses of naked mutilated figures with grey skin, and while Father Westpike briefly considered that this might be the silent one, the woman's eyes reflected a harsh coldness, a sadness that spoke to Sindri on a very personal level, something he felt the monster incapable of. Before him was someone, a person who would do anything, hurt anything for the right motivation. Before him was someone damned and marked by evil, yet carried the heavy burden of remorse. Was this another trick of the forest? Was this some distant ancestor or descendant? Father Westpike found himself in tears and was confused by his sudden outward display of emotion. Soren, this... We have to leave this place.
1: I have my hammer out, like in my hand, and the shield in the other. (laughs) I am prepared to hit anything that tries to touch me, Soren, I... I Breathe,
2: Father. Let's let's just try to find the path. I do not want to touch anything. I do not want to talk to anything. I just want to get the hell out of here. We need to get me out of Take here. Take my hand. Let's go. This way. I'm going to uh, lead him back to the path using my tracking skill. Rolling a 17. Trying to avoid any people. Ghosts, bodies, you
0: know. Protecting our backs and our... Throats from whatever it is that he's seen. Soren, ever focused on finding the way back, never did see what it was that unnerved Father Westpike, but he was able to keep them safe and calm the old man down. Gradually, over the length of their 20 minute walk, Soren was able to convince him that it must have been a hallucination or a trick of the forest, not fully sure of his words or how he might have come about this information. But over time, Soren's confidence in his newfound knowledge grew, and he was able to calm the hysterical old dwarf. But somewhere else, somewhere far alone, Rowena awoke in a small round room of firm stone walls and ceiling. Small crude dolls lined the edges of the room, each painted in a different color with unique pattern markings lining their bodies, seemingly crafted from wood, hair, feathers, bone, and clay. One in particular, crafted from aged wood and wicker, sat in the middle of the room before a great black cauldron which was mounted on a pedestal. The doll wore a green beard of moss, and a small leather parchment was affixed to its hands, marked by a scrawling handwriting that seemed to spiral in shape at random, making it difficult to read the words contained within. Rowena could almost feel the heads of the dolls turning to follow her as she walked toward the letter, even though she could not directly witness it, and as she stared intently at the scrawled letters in the note, she could clearly see the wild motions that shaped them, and the dark madness in the mind behind those motions. In twisting common, The note read as follows. The key is in the cauldron. Drink up. Don't cheat. Or else. Rowena looked up from the note and spotted a lopsided door with a curved top fitted perfectly into a similarly shaped frame. The door was painted a cracked and fading yellow, which showed an immaculate and ornate bronze setting for a key housed directly above a bronze handle. Rowena's eyes then fell to the contents of the cauldron, the foul odor bubbling up from the gray putrid liquid illuminated by crackling fire beneath. Within the liquid were small, square chunks of an unknown meat, beyond which, in all, it appeared to be an unhealthy, thick, gritty texture, possibly a stew. A rusted ladle dangled on the side of the cauldron, and the eyes of the dolls seemed to bore into Rowena. Her breath hitched as she edged toward a decision.
3: Fuck, fuck, fuck. Alright, obvious thing, I'm going to try the handle first. I suspect I'm the result of that maybe, maybe I'm just asleep, maybe I can pinch myself, ah, nope, definitely awake, okay, okay, uh, I still have all my shit on me, shit, shit, helm's missing, damn it, fuck, fuck, yeah, yeah, this, uh, oh, this is gonna suck, this is such a stupid idea, um, I can either kick the cauldron or I can drink the bloody stuff, kick the cauldron, drink it, no, I'm, I'm stronger than this. I, I, I can do it.
0: Bracing herself, Rowena cautiously lifted the ladle with her gloved hands, the heat of the sickly fire warming her as she stood near. And as she filled the ladle and took her first sip of the fetid bubbling liquid, she required a constitution saving throw.
3: Right. Oh, natural 20.
0: Rowena, her ruined sense of taste as one of the lingering after-effects of the accursed cloak continued to drink from the stew unaffected, beyond the sense of disgust from actually ingesting the visually unpleasing gruel. As the bubbling died down, it was revealed to be rather small in volume, but it contained little bits of sticky meat. Did Rowena try to avoid those, or- No,
3: no, I have absolutely everything, I'm just gonna take it all. I- I can't taste it. 'cause of the whole thing, but if I'm eating it, I'm just I'm just gonna eat it. I'm just I'm just doing that. I'm doing that thing where you put it as far back in your throat as you possibly can and just swallowing. I'm not gonna question it, I'm just I'm just gonna do it. Oh, this is this is
0: great. Three minutes that passed while Rowena ate <sighs> and sipped from that sickly stew. Still she felt the eyes of the dolls around her, and on occasion felt as if she could hear whispers calling out, chanting, voices uttering a word that made her physically weak to hear. As she dipped the ladle again, she could immediately feel that the word was a name, and that the name belonged to something powerful and ancient, something that had never existed before, and something she would ensure never would so long as she drew breath. She continued to drink, chew, to swallow, bite after bite of the meat, realizing moments too late that she'd just swallowed the first in a set of engorged eyeballs. But she didn't falter, didn't stop. And as she continued her trial, mind away from the task, Rowena saw something that shook her. Forced her to involuntarily drop the ladle into the stew. The severed, shrunken head of Sister Savorite Cavern's fall. This revelation forced her to make a sanity-saving throw. Two. Which sent her over the edge. Having consumed the flesh of the fallen party member and friend that she felt responsible for the death for, Rowena took 20 stress damage. She did her best not to be sick. To bury and hide and deny what she was looking at. Even as she pulled the ladle up again and continued to drink, compelled to finish her task, as her eyes swelled with tears, as her shaking hand brought the ladle up to her lips, which slowly parted. But at the last moment, Rowena opened her eyes and could see something in the stew glint in the reflective light of the fire, and all at once the chanting stopped.
3: Did it say she had to drink it all?
0: The key is in the cauldron. Drink up. Don't cheat. Or else. And sure enough, Rowena could see a key bronze key deep within the soup
3: oh fuck it
0: Rowena reached her hand into the stew pulled the key and ran for the door eyes focused on the keyhole her actions her wild breathing she did her best to block out the sounds of movement coming from all around her with a successful skills challenge she used her dexterity to guide her shaking hands to unlock and open the door pull it open and run through slamming it behind herself as the small sounds of impact on the other side began to shake it Rowena was now in a new room a cramped den a mangle of dirt withered, wriggling tree roots. She discovered her only way out to be a hole above, so she began to climb. As the bones of creatures long down reach from the dirt, reaching toward her, clawing at her flesh, she kicked at them and continued her ascent. And the higher she climbed, the more she could feel the tunnel closing up around her, swallowing her like a large earthen giant. She could feel a set of gnarled, bony hands grab at her legs, and began to pull her back down, kicking and fighting. They were too powerful, and she fell from the full height of the tunnel's mouth, Taking six damage in the process, as she hit her head and bruised her arms. She turned and looked up to face her attacker head on, and saw a tall, bald creature, its features obscured by a gentle flow of blood that seemed to flow from it like rain. The creature's mouth opened. he uttered two words, and at once Rowena's skin began to peel away from her hands, her arms, her face. This was the magic of dark speech, an ancient and forgotten language. Rowena was slow to take initiative, delayed, and so it spoke again, rusting the strings of her harp, cracking her teeth, bending back all of her fingernails at once, curving it, and digging them back into her own bleeding fingers. She tried to stab futilely at the creature, but she was unable to find her blades as blood fell over her eyes. And with a single strike, the creature knocked her back to the ground. Unable to move or speak, but not unconscious, Rowena failed her first death saving throw three, as the creature stepped closer leaving a river of gore in its wake. Rowena found her second death-saving throw as the bones and roots closed in around her. Before Rowena could roll for her third death-saving throw, the creature grabbed her throat, lifting her eye into the air so they could meet face to face. Unable to struggle, the life fading from her skinless body, the bleeding shape formed a grin as its hands squeezed around her neck, tighter and tighter we remained suspended for an eternity as her lungs burned, as her legs swung uselessly. Not yet. The creature rasped. Not yet, in a common tongue, as it snapped her neck with a singular swift motion. The key is in the cauldron. Drink up, don't cheat, or else... And sure enough, Rowena could see a key, a bronze key deep within the suit.
3: Wait, what the fuck was that?
0: Rowena cautiously reached her hand into the stew, pulled the key, and walked toward the door, looking in all directions at the empty room for something she could not find. Eyes focused on the keyhole, her actions nervous. She locked the door. Then she unlocked the door before locking it again. (coughs) been unlocked the entire time, Rowena pulled the door ineffectively and discovered that it pushed outward. She passed through the doorway into a cramped den, a mangle of dirt and withered wriggling tree roots, and she discovered her only way out to be a hole above from which light was visible. Rowena began to climb and pull herself out of the hollow of a great tree, hugging the cold, moist dirt as soon as her feet were clear. Ahead of her was the camp and a strange scene. Father Westpike and Soren Arkwright had their weapons drawn against Ayas Innskeep, who held his hands up and knelt before the mangled corpse of Filgia.
5: Okay, so I know this looks bad with my toolkit out and all. It's a fucking torturer's kit! It was the only thing with clamps that could close my wounds! Get out of the way! I run to Ayas
1: and push him back and I'm going to try to cure wounds on Filgia. Lord of Light, give me the power to heal the wounds of my ally. Let me help arrest your palestin.
3: What in the fuck understand. did I miss?
5: She came at me. She she was dragging me off and then, and then she dumped me and then and then she started attacking me. Hold Dawn. on a
2: moment. Let us father her face.
3: Don't you? It's been bashed in. She's not going to be able to come back. Sindri, stop.
1: What do you mean, stop?
3: Because we... We need
1: to help her. We can't lose more.
3: Because she's gone. And besides, we we can't trust her. You know it. You know deep down, you can't trust her. Yeah,
5: it. she started it. She just came at me, and and there was nothing else I could do. This this time, I did actually defend myself because there was no one else around. I, I stabbed her in the neck, and she ran from me and sort of vanished. Is that and even her, or is it the creature? Can can I look at the body? Well well when I killed it it had the, the three socket thing. It wasn't her when I when I yeah, I, I killed something else. I, I I think I killed the silent ones or, or, or perhaps I maimed it or something. Please,
2: Father Westpike, give me some space. Okay, nineteen to examine her. There are marks, burn marks all over her body. These are consistent with the hellish rebuke we've seen IS use. There are also some shards of glass embedded in her body, and multiple cauterized stab wounds. The glass looks like the kind Ayas had for his potions, and maybe some kind of... Uh, no, it's definitely some kind of acid, and the acidic substance is covering much of her body. Uh, try not to touch it with bare skin, if you can avoid it. Um, okay. Her clothes and skin are badly damaged by the acid, and I'm thinking that this is in line with ooze, or an acid bath, or someone trying to hide a body. But the wounds don't match any of I.S.'s weapons, which are just lying on the ground
5: between them. I can explain that.
2: And the, uh, torturer's kit, too, I hope. But for now, it looks like this is definitely Flagia. but that she wasn't killed by IS's blade, which is covered in blood.
5: That's what I'm saying. I used the the rapier, I used the sword to, to kill whatever that thing is, the Silent One, and and, and, then it, and then it just disappeared into the ground and then she was there behind me like this. For the record, the Silent One is a bit of a little bitch in a real fight, if I'm being honest. It will remember you said that. Uh, what? Nothing. I check
1: if I can find
5: Flea's diary in her...
1: Like burnt clothes.
0: Covered in a gel-like substance, Father Westpike brushed the goo aside. There it is. Burning himself in the acid for one point of damage. The singular action saved the contents inside from destruction.
1: Okay. This is this is Fligia. This is her remains.
0: I'll repeat again that the torturous kit
5: was just to close some of my own wounds. I've already told you I had something of a shady past. You said you could deal with it, and now it's out in the open, so let's move past it.
3: Who all got separated?
5: Me, from pretty much everyone. These two only arrived moments before you. So, let's try this again. What happened? I remember falling asleep, being woken once, and then
1: waking up in a very unpleasant place with Surin.
3: You two were together?
1: Yeah, we
2: woke up somewhere else. I don't know where we were, but it was deep in the woods, and it seems that we were able to leave the path without, uh well without being teleported back to the tree some kind of ruins scary stuff i don't know yeah there was a uh, something else there but we decided it wasn't the chatting type we just tried to get back to the camp
1: but but what happened who wasn't what? what happened i i do not follow what has happened here well
5: what happened from from my point of view was i was just playing with a dice on my watch and then and one of the one of the Dice, One die just rolled over towards her and then suddenly it all gone and I was being dragged off into the woods by her. And she was laughing and screaming, whatever, and then she started attacking me.
1: The two of you were not on watch together, right?
5: No, but she must have been awake. Who was on watch with you? Rowena.
1: Rowena? Can you explain any of this?
3: I just wasn't really with it, you know, pulling double watch and all, but I'd... I just remember suddenly being in this... Well, climbing out of that tree over there. I mean, I was in a, a a dirt room like an animal's den or something, and I got out and climbed, and I was back here real quick.
0: Rowena gained a point of inspiration, a re-roll she could use at any point in time. What? Why? For role-playing the situation perfectly. No,
5: sh- Can I also point out to everyone that I've been half-jumped by Mr. Death and i am still actively bleeding everywhere?
3: Sure. Give me a hand. I Put,
1: uh Push Rowena's hands down before she heals him. I assure your weapon is bloody, is it not?
5: Yes, it is. That's because I, I killed something that was wearing her face. Mr. Three Sockets.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Soren, can you see any stab wounds on the the remains of Fligia?
2: I don't see any stab wounds, no. I hesitate to bring this up, as she, even though she's attacked us, she was our compatriot. But I do have the lantern, if we need answers. Well, do it. I'm sorry? From my point of view, I, I feel like we can't tell right now whether this was actually Fielga, or whether it's some sort of illusion, or I'm just losing my mind,
5: so I'd like to confirm. Well, if it is her, and if it does get the truth out of her, then I'm more than happy to go through that. Alright. Anyone like to turn away?
3: Yeah.
1: N- no, I Ius is going to face this with us, right?
5: <sighs> Absolutely.
1: Thank you.
2: With the dark lantern.
0: From beneath his heavy traveling cloak, Sworn produced the old bronze lantern, worn with age and tarnish, and containing a small black candle. Without action, the candle flashed to life, burning with an emerald flame. Speaking low and incomprehensibly, the flame's light grew and grew, casting hideous green light in a wide radius around them. The flickering light threw writhing shadows that brought the very forest to life around them casting an eternal darkness every which way as two ethereal figures descended like a twisting comet towards Filgia's ruined face, kicking and screaming and biting at one another until the spirits cast the other out, pulling itself through the crushing nose and the gap in Filgia's eye socket into the now convulsing body. The sanity of the onlookers was immediately called into question. Sixteen. Thirteen. 21. 18. Having seen this and worse a few times now, Rowena was not disturbed by what came next as the crushed and broken mouth of Filgia began to pop to life and her eyes fluttered, blinking quickly. Ah!
4: Uh, uh, what happened? Where... Uh, how did I escape her domain?
1: Filgia, I am horribly sorry to say this, but you have passed away. What? You are that...
4: Of course I am. I've been damned to the plane of the All-Shadow, but... Uh, why... Have you brought me back in such a painful manner? Do you... Do you intend to return me to life? Oh, oh, please be good news. I am very
1: sorry, but this is not Uh, why you were here.
4: Then why? Be quick, it
3: hurts. Worse than my damnation. We'll be quick. What was the last interaction with us that you remember? I was
4: in a fight, but... My memory of it is uh, not not so good. Uh, I was I was on watch with the I was looking around and then I fell through a rock and, and landed in in a room of mirrors, I think. Uh, uh. I think I fought a version of myself, an, an evil version. She was so powerful.
1: That was days ago. You don't remember anything else?
4: Oh, no. no.
1: Ligia, is there any funeral rites you want us to be
4: None that I wish to spend the time to share.
1: Are there any gods you praise?
4: I praise none but the All-Shadow. Beg for her forgiveness.
1: Then I shall pray for you.
4: I'll make this pain stop. Please
1: Alright.
2: Put the lantern away. I release you.
0: As the light from the candle was expunged, the soul of their deceased friend was released from her broken body.
2: I don't know what to make of what she said. It it seems like whoever we thought was Felga with us these last few days might not have been.
1: It sounds like it. It sounds like she died in the tunnels before we encountered the oozes, somehow. And
5: whatever creature that's traveling with us brought her here? I knew Sammy was wrong when she went. She disappeared into the tunnel. You did say so. You did say so.
1: I am. I am. I am sorry for my earlier uh, uh, distrust of you. And I'm gonna cure wounds real
3: quick.
0: Sixteen. Iyas's wounds began to seal quickly as the light of Paylor mended flesh.
5: Well, yeah, but. Thank you,
3: and you get six from me.
5: Yeah, no, we've all we've all had our fair share of being duped by things. I'm sorry, my distrust of you for the last couple of days has been
1: unreasonable, considering the things you've been going through.
5: Thank you very much. Yeah, I just want to find my son and get out of this place. Me too. We all do.
3: With that, we should just leave.
0: Okay, breaking the fourth wall. A couple of updates for you, everyone here. First, Philgia, it has been amazing. We love you, Cassie. I dead. Yeah, you totally dead.
4: Rip flicking, yeah. God.
0: You get a little goodbye speech.
4: Thank you, dudes, for being so fun to play with. I kept forgetting to talk because I'm used to just listening to all your voices on the white world. And this was like, uh, oh, wait, I'm part of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in the months we've been doing this, I've been happy to call you guys friends. And I hope that you guys do rescue Yao's son and not all die and that soren doesn't go super crazy and kill you all and if he does maybe i come back from the dead and haunt him <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's been fun being evil philgia <laughs> and this was my first DD game so thank you so much for the fun times bye bitches don't forget to
3: take care of my bunnies Kissy, we love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye. Kessie. Oh, I'm going to miss Lady of Bunnies. Uh,
5: additionally. Uh, is this where you're going to talk about Bomba Socks or
0: how to make a website or... Not unless they pay us to say that, but it's a pretty good spot to say that Lefty Games makes really great terrain that's affordable and high quality. Wink, wink. Uh, dude. Or that you can support our show on Patreon, get hours of bonus content, and every dollar helps us do more cool things on the show. Also, Philgia's journal is on there.
3: Okay, that... That one is legit, I guess. But what were you actually gonna say? Let's get back to the game.
0: It was at that time that the party needed to make a constitution saving throw to avoid the draining effect that the roaming forest has on those from the material plane. Twenty. Sixteen plus whatever. Seventeen. Same for me. Everyone except Rowena lost two points in an attribute of their choice. Uh, 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 what are those? What, what, what? So you have strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Pick any one or two of these to bring down by a total of two. You could do one and one, or knock down one attribute by two.
1: Can I be a complete bitch and take one and one so my ability modifier doesn't change? You can. You could
5: totally do that. Wow, well, <laughs> look at me, being a bitch.
3: Just need to be made of sturdier stuff, like me.
5: Okay, I'm gonna... I'm gonna do one and one as well on
0: wisdom and charisma. Alright, that's great. You guys passed the first night in the roaming forest. Well, except for one of you, because she's dead. But you've all eaten. One of you more so than the others. And Well, that's... that's the end of that. Let's get back to the story. The team stood next to the body of their fallen friend, just beyond the shadow of a great gate, a stone archway.
3: One more housekeeping item. Do I have my hat back? You know, Sister Cavernsfall's helm? The... the mater thing?
0: No, it's gone.
3: Ah,
1: fuck. Oh yeah, I want to roll religion for the gods that Flagea mentioned.
0: 19. Father Westpike had heard much on the topic, but none of it was first-hand knowledge. The faithful to her calling believed that the Jalveldrin, or the All-Shadow, the goddess of darkness and mother night, created half of existence. At best, she is said to wait in the shadows of battlefields, providing protection through the cover of darkness for the wounded, revealing the bodies of beloved heroes who have fallen. The All-Shadow represents the cycle of life and death, in opposition to Pelor's control over the sky and light. It is said that she is the mother of Herati, the Dreamweaver. She is also the patron deity of the Darklands, who has given power to two beings with enough favor to be called Avatars of the All-Shadow. Tagnus Zur, the first Avatar, died 500 years ago, ruling the Darklands from the dawn of the Dark Miracle onward for 200 years, and Jalveldrin, the current Avatar, who has ruled since. According to rumors, there are crude traditions where the All-Shadow requires blood sacrifices to give her power, and most agree that she is a being that has come to enjoy suffering else why would she show the Darklands her favor? In divining shapes, the all-shadow is represented as a triangle with a circle atop a mirrored image, representing a hunched-over woman surrounded by an endless cycle of death and life in the shadows. Sometimes just half of the symbol is used. She is not a good god. However, she was one of the gods depicted in the murals fighting against the nameless god.
1: Yeah... Are we giving her a shallow dirt grave like everybody else sent th- this far? Oh hell, She's kind of dissolving. Oh, God. She's not, like, dissolving more right now, is she? Uh, a little bit. Oh, God. Yeah,
5: that'd be the acid. Gross. Residue. Gross.
3: We should at least cover her over.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna... Yeah. Me and Soren are definitely gonna dig a shallow grave and say a few words. It should take about an hour.
3: I would like to check her for food. Rowena's not a complete idiot
0: Covered in acid This would require A successful survival check To find usable rations Nine Rowena recovered Three days worth Of trail rations Sweet And also Filgia's book Of serious poetry Should it be desired
3: Oh hell yeah Serious poetry I like that That's what the cover says Book of Poetry (sighs) I dig it I'm in
5: Oh
1: you kind of Totally need that right now Rowena
5: Yeah Any chance Filgia's Veronica Nightingale novel Survived uh, You know the one about the chief's son.
0: With a roll of a 19, Ias was able to save the copy of Islands of Passion.
2: Okay, the grave's done.
1: I would normally ask us to sing a song and to take a longer time with this prayer, but Fligia worshipped an evil god and I do not wish to offend it nor offer it songs of praise. However, our friend's soul is within the domain of the old shadow. She is not coming back. Evil one, if you can hear us, please grant our friend some form of peace. Ease her suffering in your world, and grant her the strength to endure the sinister trials you have undoubtedly have in store for her. We didn't realize how important she was until it was too late.
0: Dark Dice, Chapter 12, Worse Starring David Alt as I as Innskeep, Peter Lewis as Soren Arkwright, Ithor Vithjarsson as Father Sindri Westpike, Cassie Rolineke as Philgia the Witch, Hem Cleveland as Lady Rowena Granite Pike, and Travis Van Groff as Dungeon Master, with transcriptions by Hem Cleveland. This episode was co-edited by Sarah Baczynski and Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Produced with sound design by Travis Van Groff, with mixing and mastering by Hemlock Creek Productions. This episode featured music by Travis Vengroff, Sambo's Miller, Stephen Malin, and Fui Maden. To support this presentation and get access to bonus releases, music, and an early copy of the adventure, including transcriptions, artwork, and more, please join our Patreon at patreon.com libertypodcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Dark Dice Pod. This is a Fool and Scholar production. Thank you for listening.